0: Kia ora, ko Matiriki Williams tōku ingoa, he nō nāi tūhoe tī me Taranaki. Ko au te paumātua Mātouranga Māori ki te Manatū Taonga. E te hunga whakarongo, tēnā ariare are mai o koutou tāringa ki tēnei kōnai i Pūrangi. Kia ora, I'm Matariki Williams, the Senior Historian Mātouranga Māori at Manatū Taonga, Ministry for Culture and Heritage. Welcome to the New Zealand History Podcast Channel, where you will find talks on Aotearoa New Zealand history, culture, and society. The public history talks are made possible with the support of our co hosts, Alexander Turnbull Library. This talk was recorded live at Wellesley Boutique Hotel on 7 September 2022.
1: Tēnā tato tātou katoa, ko tahikinga tuatahi ki ngā atua miotato tipuna ti i manaki nei ia tato i i tēnei rā. Ki ti mana whenua, kia a tiatiawa taranaki whanui ngā rangatira nati ti rau manu korehi rangatira onara oke Tinaiti o ki. Tina hoki koto nga tinimati kua wehi atu ki te pō. A kua fitu rangitia, haere i te waka tamaririte i te waka o tato tipuna. Haere haere reatura. Kia koroa na manu korero o rā, a mānei ko Jamie, Tina koroa mi kua hari mai, hei kai mā tato i A kati ki te o te wā ki tō tātou E kia ana te korero oti ko te, te Māori o te Mana Māori. Ana te tahi mokopuna Nāti Pikiā, Nāti Makino mitiāro a Nohuki. Nō reira tina kōto, tina kōto a hirino e tifaritina kōto kato. Kia kōto. <laughs> My name is Kiriana, I'm a Senior Advisor Taonga Tūturu at Manatū Taonga, and it's my pleasure to welcome you all to this month's Public History Talk for Mahuru Māori, presented in collaboration by Te Puna, Mātauranga o Aotearoa National Library and Manatū Taunga. Last year we hosted Public History Talks that traversed the history and inception of Iwi Radio with celebrated Te Reo Māori champion, Piripi Walker. We've also explored the New Zealand radio sound recordings made during World War II with sound historian, Sarah Johnston. So... We asked our speakers today to offer a perspective on broadcasting that the talks have not covered. To conceptualise, contextualise and historicise their positions, is not just Māori journalists on national radio, but decision makers on te reo Māori and te ao Māori content inclusion at a mainstream level. Māni Dunlop and Jamie Tahana, thank you for agreeing to kōrero with us today. I know it has nothing to do with Matariki and I doing some informal correspondence alongside Kate's more formal correspondence. Our speakers know our people are used to seeing and being seen as stereotypes. Criminal stories, angry brown women, Māori scholarship students, the supposed leg-ups. The world can treat us a certain way because that is how our people have been perpetrated historically, especially in news media. But our speakers refuse to allow that perpetration to happen, and more so are in positions, midday presenter and Māori news editor respectively, that elevate this refusal to become strategy. And this matters, because every week more than 600,000 people listen to RNZ, where they work, and in 2021, the listenership of Te Ao Māori shows increased 55%. These numbers show that Māori representation in the newsroom matters, how Māori are represented in news stories matter, and that the use of te reo by journalists matters. So Māni, full warning, Jamie had some input into this section for your intro. But Māni is a self-described Wellington City girl with Scottish ancestry on her dad's side and Māori whakapapa on her mum's side. She was younger, she lived with whānau up north for a year where she attended Kura Kaupapa and gained a strong foundation for Ōreo and an even stronger connection to her Māori tanga. At 20, Māni started as an intern at RNZ working in the general newsroom focusing on housing and social issues. And a little over a decade later, Māni has under her about being the first Māori journalist at RNZ to host a weekday show and leading major coverage with veteran broadcaster Julian Wilcox for the likes of Matariki and Waitangi days. Māni also allegedly enjoys and encourages her colleagues to fondly refer to her as Fire Māni. Recently, she has passed the baton of Māori news editor to Jamie, allowing her to have greater capacity to focus on getting her midday show to where she wants it to be, even Maria. Now Jamie grew up between being an angsty kid in the heart with his Dutch mother and the shores of Lake Rotiti with his Māori father. It was here, being a general pest on the lake, that he was influenced by the likes of his nannies and koros and aunties and uncles. Jamie also started as an RNZ intern when he was 20 in 2014, where alongside finishing his Masters, he worked for RNZ Pacific, formerly international, travelling to Moana Nui Kiwa in Europe to report on climate change and political undulations. Just under two years ago, he joined the Māori news team and in June 2020 stepped into his new role. This all led to a fitting full-circle moment when one of his first trips as editor was back home to the shores of Lake Rotiti to cover the tangi of his finaunga and te reo Māori advocate, Koro Tobi Curtis. So for your enjoyment and enlightenment this Mahuru Māori, I'll leave you in the safe hands of our facilitator, Matariki Williams, Pauhitori Matauranga Māori Senior Historian. Kia ora.
0: Uh, I runga i ngā kōreroa kua kōreroa hia, i runga katua Kahurio mihi kua mihi uh, uh, ki, ngā, um, ki te o wāhi, ai, uh, me mihi ka tika uh, uh, ki a rātou, te I ko Matiriki Williams, tōku ingoa. Uh, nōku te honore, nōku te whiwhi te noho i te taho oku um, me uh, Matua Jamie. Uh, tēnā rā <laughs> I uh tōku uh, pātai tua tahim mō korua. Um, he kairi then I called it all my mahi. So you're both journalists, uh, and I find it really interesting um, especially in both of your work as Maori working in a predominantly non maori environment. Um, I'd just really love to hear how, uh, how you chose this path, how you chose this vocation, did it choose you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tina te mahi a, kui, te tuahine, a, a kui, hoki Kireana, nai, a o te rā nei, a, te, koriro, te kai te, te kī aitua maha a, putanui, te motu, kīngā pāu o te, pāpā, ho, te irirangi, a, ko te rā, ko te Utira uh, tinara koto katoa te hungo ora. Um, kia <laughs> and no, I do not like to be called fire i I'm not. I am not there yet. So, eka. Uh, <laughs> ma ma will do at home. Um, yeah. So, in terms of uh, my pathway, there's kind of there's accidental elements as also intentional elements. Intentional being that uh, you know our path was always seen by our tūpuna, as we we'll, um, as we all know, uh, especially from mine very. Um, when Ranga education was very key uh, and very important um, among our whānau, and that was entrenched uh, māirāno. But in terms of the practical path and how I got to journalism, uh, I was always a good communicator, despite talking, and I started talking when I was five, so I was a late starter, just making up for lost time. Um, And so... Still. Still. And so I... Was either going to do acting or arts or something like that or broadcasting, and so I focused um, on broadcasting and applied for broadcasting school, got in, and I hated it. <laughs> I didn't see myself, I didn't see our people. Uh, I felt very isolated, uh, despite you know a few of us uh, Māori and um, one Māori in our class, uh, and also our Pacifica and journalism. And in the second year, I was ready to leave. Uh, I Really did, felt really uncomfortable and uh, just was being a sultry uh, late teen and (laughs) trying to boycott um, the system essentially. However, uh, as I've said before, Coco Solid, Jessica Hansell, Brighter artist, uh, producer, all of the things, she came and spoke to us, she did the course, uh, she did TV at Broadcasting School, and she echoed the similar sentiment that I felt uh, of not being, you know, not seeing ourselves in an industry and how important it was for us to be in the industry. So, kiaia, um te kiaia, because she's a key reason as to why I did stay in that particular course. Uh, after broadcasting school, I by chance went into Radio New Zealand as an intern in Auckland. I was 20. I never listened to RNZ. I had no idea. I thought they played ads. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the picture of what I thought public broadcasting was. So when I started, I had no idea what I'd gotten myself into. But I had an amazing media studies teacher at high school who also said, always be the yes girl always be the yes person and say yes to everything that's asked of you. So when I was asked to be an intern, I said, yes. Did I have my licence? No. Did I lie about that? Yes. (laughs) I was worried I wasn't going to get the role. (laughs) I have my licence now. (laughs) Don't worry. Um, So, yeah, no, I I carried on. And what I did see in in the newsroom as a six-month, in my six-month internship was the lack of Māori, the lack of stories being told uh, by Māori with a Māori lens and I used to go to murder trials, uh, murder scenes, uh, car accidents, all those sorts of general news things, which really filled my kitsy up to be a general reporter. Uh, and then the kind of most pivotal moment for me, because I didn't know if I wanted to journalism, I found it really hard. I found, um, you know, we weren't there, we weren't seen. And that is a struggle when you're on your own, you feel really isolated. Uh, however, when I realised our superpower as Māori broadcasters was at the Uruweta Raids trial, uh with uh, Tami, Te Rangi Emily, Bailey and Or Cigna. And we know very well, I don't need to repeat, how the media conveyed them. And it was not good. And that relationship was very severed, not only with authorities as a whole, but with the media as well. I sat in that trial, I covered it for the most part, and when I realised how important it was for us to be there was when they came out after their sentence sentencing and Tame would only speak Te reo and there were many journalists there who had no idea what he was saying. However, there was, a, there was a handful of us that did, and there's a photo, actually, of this little baby Juno with glasses on, not knowing what the hell she was doing, Quite. Uh, and and other um, Māori journalists who I can now call my friends who we were all in that scrum, and we knew, and that's when we could assert you know, our role in that and how we were telling the story. And so from then on, that was also a key and pivotal moment in the advancement of why I chose this vocation and why I continue to, and I always come back to that moment is to remind myself why we are here, and a key theme in that, and I'll talk about it later, is visibility. So, aroha mai he tino roa tera. Wakaasu, How I start, yeah, um,
3: I'll start with a mihi to
2: uh, uh, Well, she's my sister.
3: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I guess... There is an element of, you know, your path is chosen for you by your tupuna as well, isn't it? I, I kind of absolutely fell into journalism, you know. I was quite drifting, just vibing around at high school. You know, I, I, I took three sciences, thinking maybe medicine was a thing, you know, sort of thing. Changed last minute, did a BA, fell towards, you know, politics, international relations, history-type subjects. Um, did some media things around that. Had friends who were doing writing and stuff who sort of turned me, I guess, towards towards what in 2014 was called the diversity traineeship. <laughs> and so, you know, and just to talk to everything Mani said, you do arrive in these environments and you are so conscious that you are the only Māori in the room, that your lived experiences and stuff are somehow part of another ring where, you know, the neutral ground is that of discrimination. It's, um and when you arrive as a 20-year-old, it is quite like, do I want to be here? But um, at the same time, I want to pay huge mihi to people. You know, I started in General News and then with Pacific and stuff, and there are people like Kurovaka Uta, you know, Rosemary Rangitauira, Justine Murray, Marty at RNZ at the time who, straight away identify you and wrap you in that eye and really build you up to be like, no, we have a place here. And, um, you know, there were several years of me working in General News and Pacific where, I mean, Pacific was amazing and you got, I think you plan to ask it later, you got those ties to Timuana Moana Nui Akiwa and the Whakapapa and you travel around there and, you know, various amazing experiences of talking, you know, shared experiences of colonisation, of, you know one of my greatest moments in my life, let alone in journalism, was Ava Avanahabra and Rarotonga with a rangatira there going like, here is where Aroa departed, you know? So I guess, you know, journalism kind of just happened. I didn't train in it and things like that. And I've left to, you know, study further and to travel and always somehow end up back at RNZ, end up back in journalism. And yeah, I mean, just as point, you know, journalism isn't that different from the storytelling and the all that we grew up with from, you know, my aunties or, in my case, being used as child labour as you rub, rub like, sand and at the soda springs of the kudos and stuff and they tell you all the stories and, you know, it kind of sounds arrogant, but that aspect of journalism is not that hard because it's so ingrained within us. So. It is natural, and that's why it's so amusing to me when you hear news managers and directors and stuff go on TV and say, you know, we need to train more Māori up. We need to we need to get them in, you know. We, we, we need to teach them the skills, etc. you know. But the, 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 these institutions themselves, it's, it's not our capacity. It's what they can do to, you know. We've got it, <laughs> yeah.
0: Ai, ai, tau toko. Yeah. Uh, I kite au i era ahua tanga i roto i ngā mahi katoa uh, I, roto, I raro i te kurauna. Um, uh, he maha ngā kōrero i roto i aua whakautu, uh, <laughs> tino maha, um, e tahi o, o whakautu, uh, he kōrero taumaha. I akorua, uh, ko te he so much of what you just shared was quite heavy stuff hmm. um, uh, which I think a lot of Maori working um, with the Crown definitely empathise with, but at least uh, I was heartened by um, your talk of some of the tuakana that have worked with you. Many of their names came up in, in what you um, shared with us, so tēnā tērā i ro mahi.
3: I'm always reluctant to share those tuakana too because mm. there are so many you invariably leave off, and yeah, yeah. You know, but that has been such an affirming part
2: of it, Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I th- the importance of having that me- having mentors, uh, especially in these spaces, is so important, and it's a role that um, you know both Jamie and I have to. Um, although we don't feel old enough to, <laughs> we we are. We don't have a choice. Uh, however, for me, it was having uh, a particular journalist, Natalie Mancolo, who was in the Auckland newsroom when I was a little. I was a gen- in general news as an intern, who really took me under her wing, and but. In a very uh, tuakana way, <laughs> uh, and uh, it was what I needed, though, to say to, to, to remind me of that it's not about just not about us, me. It's uh, there's a bigger purpose uh, as to why we are here, and I think that is really consistent in all of the mentors that we have. Uh, you know, Shannon Honua Thompson, who is out somewhere RNZ, has done a lot of mahi to slingshot us through to where we are as well, uh, and Mihingarangi, Annabelle, uh, Lee Mather. uh Yeah, gosh, I know that's always a bad thing to, to be able to... Do, but, but also... And that, no And Annabelle too, they yeah. are not
3: within RNZ. Māori media, we prop each other yeah. off in many instances. Yeah,
2: yeah, we often call it the Māori media mafia, where, <laughs> we, uh, where we...
3: The aunties,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the aunties, where we all have a role to play, uh, and therefore we can draw on each other in order to... Be able to feel supported, and that if anything happens, you know, even outside of Māori media, when people write horrendous articles about the use of Reo at RNZ, there's a whole titter of very um, amazing Māori who will come in and swing behind you, so you're never ever alone. And that mentoring and that tua, those tūākana uh, and tūhuinga, I would say also. Uh, are very grounding for us and we have many of them which we're incredibly lucky to have because we wouldn't be here without them.
3: <laughs> Even to this day, like, you know, read, read our bio and our titles and stuff and God, I still feel so out of my depth, like, but, you know, still getting mentored by like Atumu Shannon Honui Thompson and um, Julian Wilcox, you know, they took me to Hunter a couple of weeks ago and just, you know, the what they do for us and also our own whānau, right? Kind of, you know, we often joke, oh, I know Marty I'm listening to RNZ now and just fright of my life and my auntie and Kawido asked what Kim Hill's like, you know? So um, it's, it's, that that's fair too. And also your whānau, like, you know, I've got a, whole bunch of firebrand Auntie tearo aunties, lawyers and stuff, are going like, yeah, you have any problems there? Like, you know, we'll get in if we need to. I was like, oh, I'm back. And, then, um, and you know, there, there is that support from them too, knowing that they are listening and what you were doing is to, you know, lay that path forward for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was with Pacific and stuff, I mean, Shannon was always like, oh, your, your desk is going to be over there when you come over, and eventually did, and um, it worked out that, you know... When was it? End of twenty twenty? And um, you know, rough year for everyone in, well, the country, not just the media, but yeah, you know, I was up home Brotetti, it was, you know, summer, I was at Nanny Carroll's and, you know, there's the history behind that. You know, she never got to earl. She's called Nanny Carroll, but was born Kararaina, you know, you see the impacts of that in your lives. It's not just some academic thing. And um, <laughs> You know, and we're sitting there and I'm just like, oh, you know, getting tired a bit, da-da-da-da, but I've been offered a job on the Māori Choose team and just like that, she's like, take the Māori job. And, you know, you don't say no to that, and that's how you end up in these positions. So, the f- support of your whānau and for Māori media mafia, as we're saying and stuff, is so crucial to keeping you through and keeping that fire alight, yeah.
0: Uh, well, he, he pātai tāku e haangai puana ki, uh, ki, taua, ki te kaupapa o te wā a uh, uh, ko te reo. Um, I roto i o kōrua mahi, uh, uh, e pūmau ana kōrua uh, ki te reo Māori i roto i o, I o mahi. Um, tēnā kōrero mai, uh, uh, katāia te reo e kaweake i te tikanga maori um ahuatanga um, maori mahi you've both mentioned the role of reo in your work as broadcasters um and also this history as well of what has been lost and already the immense um opportunity that you have in your work to really fewer ki te ao fewer ki te fewer kīngāiwi katoa um you've both used rio uh but I'd I'd love to hear how you think Tiriul aids in the carrying of and the sharing of our tikanga, or translating that, or conveying that, in, in your mahi. Because sometimes you're talking about um, hanga or Tatoi, Ingauaqua um, e Tatanai. Uh, you know, what is the role of Tiriul in that in that mahi?
2: Mm. I, I want to preface ah. this by saying that I'm not a real, you know, not matataui te reo, not not um, you know, itematau ranga or ngati kanga. Uh, but, you know, I do, I have always been very. Um, Maybe a forceful potentially to to use te reo Māori uh, and make it normalised within the way I deliver as a presenter, but also as a journalist, uh, and that can be quite has been quite polarising. And I think I think back to ten years when I started getting reprimanded for saying tamaki Makoto on air, to now where that's just the norm, right? And that's the work of many. Uh, but I feel for, for me, including te reo is integral to you know, as a public broadcaster upholding our obligations to our charter, uh, which rec- obviously recognises the treaty, that it's hugely important in order to incorporate it. However, that is not the be-all and end-all. That's just a, a very a, a part of it in terms of, for me, it's about um, kanohi kitia in these particular platforms. Uh, and having Māori in these platforms, you know, Need I remind you the seat I sit in is the same seat that Sean Plunkett sat in. It's the same seat that long ago Mike Hoskin sat in. Uh, and so there have not been many Maori who have sat in that seat. Uh, and I did my too at the beginning. It also to obviously Hinati Te and those, um, you know, those who were our massive poet and broadcasting. Uh, how, yeah, so in terms of the visibility of having us there is so incredibly important because what it's about is not only the real, but it's about showing that this is Aotearoa. We are changing the face, we are shifting perceptions of how Māori are represented, that we are hearing from um, our aunties and, and nannies up north on the radio that people are, are going to be listening to uh, on, on our shows uh, because of the work of Jamie and, you know, I get to do that in my show as well. However, it's because a lot of the trolls and a lot of the horrible feedback that I do get is around, go to iwi radio, and we'll talk about that later. Obviously, go and do this, go and do that. Don't, this isn't your space. I'm like, actually, no, you know what? I am going to reclaim this space because it is ours. It's Uh, our land. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's, I think, the real is a vehicle. Uh, in order to reclaim that space and reminding people that this is the new Aotearoa. So hop on the waka or get and get left behind. <laughs> yeah. But he waka, you can
1: Yeah, of course.
3: Um, um, yeah, I mean, I'll preface this, but I'm not fluent in Mario. I, I try and use as much as I can and stuff and it is an obligation on me to use as much as I can and stuff. Um, But, you know, they're related, right? You can't have one without the other. They are so intrinsically tied and, you know, you can't just, they're more than words, right? And and, um, so we have to use it and to the extent of using what I can, you know, as uncomfortable as I am with it, I am a Māori with a public role, mm. and I therefore have an obligation to my people, to all those who've passed, who've cleared a path to where I am, to continue pushing that path, to make it acceptable, so that m- people can feel safe to walk straight out of kūra onto something like national radio. Mm. So, as a contingent on... As much upon myself and Marnie, no, it's an obligation on us. It's Mm. not just something we do. It's you know we've got to you know. And we there's also a, I guess to me I don't know I won't speak for you. I mean even (laughs) via it's um there is there is a discomfort in the celebration and the praise we do get for it sometimes you know. Sprinkling a mehi in our show or some kupu into a three minute package on morning report. I mean, you know, sometimes we're cheering bare minimums as great victories, and there's a certain discomfort with that because we do have to ask if in broadcasting and any other structures, is this change that's often self congratulatory truly transformational? And I don't know if we're at that point yet there is still so much still to do like you know reprimand for saying tamaki makoto and when i started they didn't care if he pronounced it correctly but everyone was walking around with fake british accents like you know there's you know there's pause for reflection and celebration we have come a long way but there is still so much more to do and we have to champion it you know no no one else is going to yeah. just to pick up on
2: that i wanna echo that in total call um tira core because it is I, like I said, I'm not reo, so I am not matatoui today so I do feel uncomfortable with the praise that we constantly get because for me it's about having, like I said, visibility, but also having the right lens over stories and using that platform for, for that. Uh, and to be honest, um, you know, I still get messages saying, you know, from whanau saying, you're not speaking enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting place to be. In terms of how we uh, continue to uphold that obligation, while also incorporating all facets of what that means to be in those spaces. Yeah, I think the fact
3: we stand out at accept- as exceptions with an event like this kind of tells a lot of where we are. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's so fascinating to me, only because I do listen to Aaron and I feel like I have noticed the difference over the even the past few years, and the real proliferation of te reo Māori and and by multiple journalists. Um, just, would you be able to talk a little bit more about where you think it's going then or what, what you think a future could look like that you would feel you could congratulate yourselves for or the rest of your staff for? What would that look like? Mm.
3: For.
2: <laughs> I think an element of that is around the changes that are happening that we are seeing within media and Māori media at that, and that's around not only having. One thing I did notice when I first started as, uh, you know, as a junior reporter that I had no idea the fights that you'd have to have internally. I can go out and be outside the court and, and grow and in, and in, in the and commu- our communities and nurture and create those relationships to ensure that trust to, for that person to speak with me, but when I get into the newsroom and have to file, I don't really have much control over how it's edited, how it's going to be portrayed, uh, and that's the, the, the ngako of kind of where we're at and why the the change that we are seeing and you're your, your hearing and will continue to hear is because we have people like Jamie at the editorial meetings in the mornings and in the afternoons to catch things out. Uh, you have me with producers uh, saying, well, oh, we're talking about this particular issue in here, which is predominantly Māori, so why are we speaking to a non-Māori? Uh, so it's that level, uh, at an editorial level, that a lot of the strategies and a lot of the um, you know New Zealand On Air funding that is focused towards of having the, you know, having us at the decision-making tables, uh, because that's where you're going to see change. You can have all of the Marty um, journal- journalists in the world, and but if you don't have your sub-editors, your you know bulletin editors, and your producers who actually understand the stories you're trying to tell, and protecting those um, that Maori and the messages and the interviews that the, you know that you're being entrusted with then that's when it can kind of fall by the wayside and saying "no mai kite pūrungo on a show isn't going to necessarily fully reflect that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, just to talk of that, we are just cogs in a machine, right, and we can do all we can. How are you a but... manager? <laughs> <laughs> of many. <Yeah. laughs> and then, um, who was I? But, yeah, and, you know, we we can do a mean as thing from a Māori perspective with Māori voices and things. But once you've written it, you pitch it to a programme. I think the biggest example is um, of recent is when Moana Jackson passed back in March. And, you know, we bust, I got both of us to do, you know, the palpable sense of mourning right across the land in dim was... Huge, And I just don't think that was grasped. We busted our guts to do obits to get to the tonguey, well, main, all mainstream media. Now, it was about the sh- time of Shane Warne dying and how many packages were there on TV news and stuff. And, um, you know, you put that in, you talk to people, whanupani and stuff, when they are grieving the whole country, you know, because of what we've lost. And it runs at 6.20 before, you know, the Oscars slap. You know, it's... There's still those kinds of things, so us chucking kupu and us doing good Māori stories, it's still part of a structure that is still based upon, you know, a colonial imperative and view, whereas, not, you know, a natural state of oppression is viewed as neutrality, like, yeah. I'll stop there. Over here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tina Kurua, um, well, uh, kahoki a noa kite kaipapa o te o te marmanei mm. a koutiro um, mm. o tira. Maneiro to iho mahi i e tahi wā kahuri mai te tahiwa kahuriki mai tiro pakehaki Māori. Am um, Tina kurilo mai mo te tahi o aua wā.
2: Mm. Ah, ai, um, kia hui nei karitira he he mea he, he, he uh you know um so yeah I, for me from the you know when I've always interviewed maori I've always given them the option they always say oh Pākehā, i'm like you know up to you totally up to you whatever you feel comfortable with so that's a natural thing to to um to navigate and to ask and I've always done that but I think the, the the example that you're referring to is Dame Nader. Uh, and we all, you know, for those who know it, uh, know Dame Nader, um, n- n- you should never question whether or not she wants to speak Māori or not. <laughs> um, and so, th- but for me, I think that what that showed and why there was, I was quite surprised that there was feedback to that in the the interview, and it was about, again, I I want to bring back to the take that we were talking about, and it was about Oranga Tamariki, it was about uplifts, it was about the minister of the time uh, misquoting Dame Nader and not taking into account a really particular, very important and pivotal report around uh, Oranga Tamariki and the transformation that was needed. And so she was feeling so frustrated at that that uh, she said, oh, I can't explain it in English. And so I said to her, me Māori. that's totally fine, you know, ke And so she did, and she beautifully encapsulated it. And you can hear it, if you don't speak the deal, you can hear what she's tr- conveying. Uh, and I just back out saying, you know, quickly summarising what she said. And that to, goes to show why we need more Māori in these spaces and mainstream spaces to tell Māori stories, but also give the opportunity to, um, to the people that you're speaking to to be able to do that and facilitate that. There aren't present, many presenters there who would have been able to do that uh, at, at RNZ, but there are many you know, um, Māori in broadcasting that could, and I think that's beautiful in the way it conveys it. But again... I go back to that kind of the frustration around the prominence of Te Reo when everyone was talking about how oh you know amazing it was that she, she you know on public radio transferred to, to, to Te Reo, but the, the, the take got lost, and I was like, well, you know, you can't get more Māori than the issue of Oranga Tamariki and 70% of our children being in stake here. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a really a, a good way of a, a, an analogy of the importance of encapsulating all aspects of being Māori in those spaces.
0: Oh, well, Kione, I think aside from the fact that you know you offered that um, option, I think the important thing was um, identifying the need. Mm. That it took an empath- empathetic approach to interviewing her. Um, that was necessary at that time. And hima um, here no kiauakue uh, mo mahi uh, e pāna ki. ki uh, Te Uriwira, uh, no te kohu ahau. Um, ai, kaore au i mohi o um, Kei Reira hoki koe. ingari um, yeah, neira te mahi ki um koe. Jamie, um uh, mohi tō mahi um, Māori News Director, um, i mohi tō tūranga, um uh, e mahi ana koe ki te moana nui a uh, He wāhi tino nui Ingari um he he me the Pacific, that is a massive area for you to have to cover um, you know, within the team that you were working with at the time. But I wanted to know whether or not Tyrio as a great connector the ocean, the Moana is a great connector. Um, how that aided your work? Did it aid your work um, in working across the Pacific?
3: A- a- absolutely, like, you know, there's, it's so linked, right? There's that shared bond of whakapapa we all descend from Hawaii out there, and um, I did find in many of my assignments out there that it did work as a kind of passport, right? Being Māori, you know? And even down to asking your iwi kind of thing, it's it's incredible. and powerful and it often did help and um you know and you have some truly special moments with people doing your Mahi on the region and stuff as you you know, as I alluded to earlier, you have these talks about your shared histories, your shared Vakapapa, your shared hopes and aspirations and, and all that kind of thing. I mean, you know, you record your 10-minute interview and then your next thing, you know, still there four hours later, five Carver Bowls deep. Like, it's... Um, so so that, that that was awesome, getting getting taken for a spin out on a waka in Rarotonga and um, seeing, you know, this is where Tameta Kapua would have departed and ended up in Makatu, which seems like a bad trade, really. And then um, it's... it's um, I love you, Makatu. <laughs> um, it's kind of, yeah, so it, it really was a passport, and, you know, I, I'm not fluent in it, real, but what I did have and seeing the similarities and stuff, it, it, it was amazing, and often I think being Māori did aid and getting a lot of leaks from Pacific governments and big people and stuff, it was awesome, especially when they were frustrated with the New Zealand state, it was awesome, so, yeah, from a journalist perspective. Yeah.
0: Kutataa um, taikite wa patai ingari kutoku patai fakmutunga. What is what's been an experience that you've had in your careers that you're really proud of? I think so many times, a lot of a lot of our um, a lot of what is shared, especially when it comes to Tideo and, and your work are those really negative stories, um, those ones that are actually quite painful to read, even though I'm not there receiving the
3: texts. Um <laughs> can fold them on if you are. No, oh, no, no,
0: I'm good. No. <laughs> but I'd just really love to hear something that you've been really proud of or an experience that's um, been really heartening for you.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
3: Jamie. Oh give you a few seconds for that one, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: bro. <laughs> um, and sorry, just while you think unless you've got an answer now. I was just gonna say, um, you know, I don't watch TV, but the amount of reo and T V and said te tero hitting a brown, it's again it's everywhere, Um, and it's been very normalised, but again, they've gone through the same kind of experiences, I think,
3: that you've both shared. We've all shared with each other, yeah, Yeah. absolutely, and um, you know, the mihi to oreni and and stuff, um, it's also worth giving a shout out to those who have done it for years, like Teokewa for the Karere up at Parliament, and you know, they've, they've celebrated 40 years this year. They're, they're, they're the OGs of this, right? Hinare mm-hmm. te ua, You know, we talk about how lonely it was when we started in the 2010s. Imagine what it would have been like for him in the 60s. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, yeah, I did, did find myself. Oh, you go here,
2: fire. I just think, just on that note, around you know, the, the visit, the importance of visibility, and you know, for our babies to look up at. The screen and see Orini sitting there, it's like, man, just because it just um, makes you want to cry and be happy, and just, you know, all of these feelings that come too, because for me, you know, growing up, I had Stacey Daniels, uh, who, you know, who I looked up to and I saw on the screen Tini Molenu, Miriam Akamo, all of them, all of their faces like, and, and especially Te there. you know, seeing them there and that's where we saw ourselves. We didn't see ourselves really on mainstream, you know, and, uh, we saw some of the newsreaders but in terms of telling those stories it was hard to find and so now when we see so many of us and we are still, there still aren't enough uh, and we're still getting a lot of uh, backlash and vitriol and abuse for doing what we do. Uh, However, we know the importance of being there and how transformational transformational it is, but I also do not want to forget uh, iwi radio and, you know, those who are speaking uh, to our karani ma, karani karanipa, and they have a key role in uh, telling our stories uh, on a local level and, you know, RNZ complains about not having enough money, iwi radio, Marty you know, even though there'll be there's an announcement this afternoon about the Māori media strategy, however there's been with off oh, the smell of an oily rag you had a cool um kiwaha around um, that they're barely yeah. surviving they're barely
3: getting the fumes yeah, of the oily yeah, yeah. rag like.
2: uh, and so i think that there is a there is a shift into placing importance into um you know the Maori media sector where we have different we're in mainstream for a reason. That's a very intentional decision as to why we are where we are. And the Māori media
3: sector had to fight to exist. They've created a ground for themselves where we shouldn't and couldn't even try to go near. You know, Mm -hmm. look at what Radio Ngāti Parau and all those kinds of things do for their whānau and their communities. Like, we couldn't even dream of doing Mm -hmm. what they do. And the fact that they do what they do with how little they've got, I mean... Something came up at um, Tatobi's um tangi a couple of weeks ago. I was jotting down notes for Um <laughs> He's got a memoir coming out in November. I'll give a little advance to oh, ad. no. um, um You know, he was first chair of Te Māngai Pāho and... Um, you know, when they tried to make Māori broadcasting ventures, they always seemed to be stymied. If they needed $60,000, they were given $40,000. Pro rata, Pākehā applicants were always given more. There's a nice little quote, we weren't being greedy, we only wanted one station for each iwi. So um, <laughs> it's, but you know, they had to fight to get that space they have and to think we could even try to, you know, think of some kind of incorporation is just not teka, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, sorry, I did say that we're close to question time, but um, I just wanted to ask, you know, when someone like Tar Tobi passes and someone who has that incredible experience, um, what do you see your role in in, in memorialising that kind of thing? Um, not just, I guess, in your reports, but mo'ake mm. tōnu. Um, because I also want to note so many of these um, radio interviews make their way into Nataonga Sound Division and are kept there and uh, looked after Mm. by the kaitiaki working there. And, yeah, so I just want to hear what you have to say about that role. Mm.
2: I I find it a huge privilege and honour to be able to cover Tangihanga. Uh, You know, they are pretty... And ensuring that people understand, uh, you know, the legacy that is left. Recently, with Tatobi passing, um, I did a pūrākau on my show the day, the morning of when he passed away, and I had all of these texts. The pūrākau was about forty-five seconds or something, and um, I got these horrendous texts that I wanted to share, but I didn't want to because I don't want to take it away from you know the 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 tōmahatanga of that of that day, but it was, that's a person that doesn't have any, you know, they're not a household name. And I said, well, yes, he is, you know, for many Māori and non-Māori as well. And so I think ensuring that um, the legacies of Tā uh Moana Jackson, Ta Wira, Dame June. Not so many of this, yeah. Oh yeah, and it, that to ensure that we have the stories being told for when they pass, and to be able to to be able to be there and listen and and um, pay homage to the whānau as well uh, for sharing these poved pouf- with us uh, and yeah so I find that a huge huge honour and privilege to be able to do and um, my, my most memorable in the last kind of few years was Sir Hek, uh and going up there and far out it was. The, and I listen back to some of the stories and some of the interviews I did then, and I do think about them being in our tongue and, and ensuring that those are a stamp in time of uh, the beautiful and amazing legacies that they leave us with. and yeah we're purely we're purely a, um, someone with a microphone <laughs> being able to go to these events and when you ask us about you know our memories and our most things that we are proud of, I don't think I could pinpoint something I'm proud of. I'm proud of. All Māori and media, to be quite frank, and everything that they've overcome, um, and what we continue to do and continue to fight and strive for. Um, but I just do find it incredibly. Um, an, an incredible honour to be able to go to all of these amazing key events, not just Hanga, but all of the things. Um, yeah, that's what I am so stoked in, why I love being in this mahi. That's the good part of the mahi, right? Yeah,
3: I mean, you get sort of strong stories and stuff, but they sort of fade. I mean, you know, like to, to the original question, the memories that linger for me is getting time to spend with... It's a privilege how... You get let into these lives of these incredible Rangatera and, you know, have them tell your stories and be trusted with that kōrero and things like that is, you know, just this year alone, getting to spend a day with the people at Parihaka, uh, just, you know, to the point where they're sending me down to the beach to get firewood. <laughs> like it's, it's like, I'm here to make a docker. No, no, no. And then um, you know, going to the tangies of Moana Jackson and Tatobi and it is an absolute privilege in that sense because, yeah, as Mani says, we do only hold a microphone and everyone's done the work.
2: In a tea towel sometimes.
3: Yeah, often. And yeah. those are the best stories. Yeah, yeah, Off yeah. record now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got all the big, big shows up on the pie, eh? But you go in the kitchen and then right, right, round the potato bin and that, that's, that's where you get the scoops. <laughs> and then, um, excuse the pun, of scoops. And then um, we like, so, yeah, it's those experiences that, linger with that, you know, more on this tongue in stuff. And, um, you know, Toby's was a bit weird because um, when that passed and I had to make an obit for him and stuff, he ended up calling up all these pikiya and tahanas and going, oh, no, nah, here, yeah, can you do an interview with me, uncle? And it's like, you know, I guess, you know, being a pikiya, you had to go where the talent is. But, like, it's sort of... <laughs> That's a humble stock of Te Mene. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that to answer your question, I don't really remember many stories I've done. It's just those experiences you get, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, if there are any questions out in the floor for um, our amazing panellists, don't be shy. Kia ora, and thank you all for what you do. It's terrific, and it's great to hear Tereo on RNZ. <clears throat> what I want to know is that when this great joining of RNZ and TVNZ happens, are we going to lose you in your programmes, or are you going to be swallowed up by the glitz and glamour of TVNZ in Auckland? <laughs>
2: Oh, thank you, thank you for your question. Uh, to, I view the entity as something that is really exciting. I think it provides a fresh state for public media in New Zealand. Uh, and I think for like I like we've outlined today, there aren't enough of us in the media as a whole. and so I think that we'll be safe. <laughs> And we will, f- um, I am a staunch now, after being there for almost a decade, I'm a staunch public broadcaster who really dislikes being in front of a camera. So <laughs> I, I, I will stay true to being not trying to be on the radio as much as possible. Uh, so I can assure you that. But yeah, no, I think it's an exciting time. And I think that despite uh, some reservations, I do think that if it's done right, we're going to see some amazing changes.
3: Yeah, we still don't know a fair bit of detail, eh? But um, yeah. it's, you know, I rambled a bit earlier about some of the structural inertia. I think it could be an opportunity to truly get something transformational, possibly, if it's done well. Yeah, and it sort of, you know, we do have some strong Marty on that advisory board and yeah. stuff, so yeah. we'll see.
0: Any appetite for T V then, Jamie? Ah, uh, bro. No? Okay. Just notice you didn't answer that part of the question. <laughs> I wondered um, you talked about your interviews going into Natanga. Do you um, do you submit the great big long interviews that you do or do you just or do the bits that just get chopped up to be on a broadcast, which must be much, much shorter than some of those things mm. do they ever get
2: preserved for the future? A lot of our interviews that uh, we do that are, are aired on that are on air, sorry, live, uh, we usually post the longer versions on our website. Not always the longer, longer versions, like the raw, as we would say. Uh, however, much longer and much longer versions of them. So, I'd like to say yes to that question. Uh, yeah, and but that is a good reminder. Hey, eh? not a news director. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like the stuff from the air and stuff, definitely. Um, I'm not sure about the stuff from the field actually. Like um, find out. Yeah,
2: yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So
3: so where does it go? Does
0: it does Oh it's it... just sitting on my computer. Oh, it's just yeah. on drive somewhere yeah, or something. Somewhere yeah.
3: oh, i I mean fortunately for archivists I'm really bad at clearing my like yeah. recorder, so yeah.
2: Uh Um if you could go back and cover one event um before you were born, just for your own interest, what would it be? Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. I've actually I've actually thought about this. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I have. I have I have. Um take it The signing. <laughs> the signing? Yeah. The the signing of the treaty, um, the signing of the fucking sanga cynic, how, yeah, yeah,
3: how cynical yeah. we'd be at the treaty <laughs> No, signing. but in terms of, uh,
2: probably the um, Hikoi, led by Whenakupa, yeah. And yourself. The, yeah, yeah, being there from the start to the end, I think. I've, I've, I've thought about
3: that. of is an amazing doco. I can't remember who recorded it, but it's with the 1984 Kotahitanga March. That's well worth listening back and you hear from a whole bunch of young people who are big names now. So that that's one version. Um Oh, can I cheat and pick a decade, like that seventies <laughs> period? Like, you know, yeah. the petition, yeah. the Court first or the land marches, all or, or, or that stuff, founding of the Waitangi Tribunal, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pick a decade.
2: Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll be here all day. Yeah. But, I, 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 but also I think to that on a more personal level, I think when I was uh, looking, I went deep into the, the archives uh, yesterday and I found a uh, interview that was done by my um, one of my nan- nannies from up north who i never met. And uh, it was a recording from 1965. Uh, around looking at Kura Tuturu, she called them at the time, but essentially the the beginnings of creating the Kohanga and Kura Kaupapa movement uh, in the north specifically. And hearing her real, hearing her diction, hearing what she had to say, I just... You know, it was incredible, but it made me feel really mucky moki, moki and quite pauri because I was like, man, I wish I could have been the one asking those questions, and I didn't get the opportunity, so I think going back and asking those questions of our tipuna and probably getting really told off for our diction and and English, because they were both incredible speakers, but I do want to just share something I did find in that corridor that I was listening to last night that is... Um, relevant now than it probably was back then, and she said, "Ka etato e ma whaea te mātauranga mua tātou tamariki mai te wā i ngā tau tainua ki te ngā kura Mā anake hoki i te mahi i mate Mā ranga anake i king ki ngā nunui i inga ngā iwi o So, shall uh, well, we? <laughs> ora. kilda, and actually that, I mean, how could
0: we follow on from that? Maybe that's the best place to, s- to stop. Um, Naida no te mihi kite nei. him um, uh, mihi tino maioaha, he mihi wakahira kia kurua mo o mahi, tino taumaha, um, tino a tāhua hoki. I am, I no kute no kute honore, kite no hoi to kurua taha. Uh, I heard you uh, wanted a kia koutou mata ki taki marongaitere rorohiko, uh, tino houkira kia koutou katoa, kia tato katoa. <laughs> um, kinga uh, um ka o, o te rangi nei um, nei raro ti mahi uh, kia koutou. Um, ai mifaka kapi ite wai ata. Uh, I
3: think Kirianna's leading wife. Ai. <laughs> <coughs>
0: kia kaha Thank you. pete karike um kia tau namana kitanga o kitena kitena ki o tata kia mahe tema huama ki a uh, kia toite kupu toite rio toite oranga mauri a tuitui faculty on my workout tina home Huye huia tai kia no and thank you for listening to this new zealand history podcast from Manatu tanga don't forget to subscribe and if you're looking for other content about New Zealand history, check out earlier talks in the series. You can find them on your favorite podcast channels. Just search for New Zealand History. Heikonar, Ito e